You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, it is a uh, it's going to be a fun one, folks. We've got some thoughts from the past couple of games. I want to go into a little bit more detail about the, uh, the 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 Calgary Flames game over the weekend, and then talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. All I can say about tonight's game right now is that if you paid money to watch this, I am very sorry. You probably deserve a refund. But before we talk about tonight, let's talk about the weekend. And uh, this game, you know, the Jets were just not good. I think it's pretty obvious that when the Jets walked into Calgary, they weren't really expecting a victory. They knew that they needed to win just to restore a bit of confidence and also save Paul Maurice's job because there was a a decent amount of pressure on him to perform. I still think he's not really at risk of losing his job. It's the last year of his coaching contract. He's been around for ages. And frankly, the Jets have been worse than this, and the team is stuck by him. Maybe things are different now with all of the changes and stuff to the roster that the team has made and all of the uh, players that are currently healthy finally back in the rotation. But this team, against the Flames, I just didn't really expect a lot. And I think we got pretty much what I thought we were getting, which was Connor Hellebuck being unbelievable, the rest of the team kind of sucking, um, the the Connor Shifley-Wheeler line getting buried, some of the other lines managing to tread water, especially like the third and fourth lines, but probably thanks to some sheltered minutes. And then somehow Winnipeg just sort of getting by on some very fluky goals. This has often been the recipe for Winnipeg over the past couple of years when they were at their worst and they really couldn't, uh, you know, score many goals or create offense, at least the usual way. They just sort of relied on extreme saves, unbelievably lucky and fortunate shooting percentage bumps, um, you know, and just some of the the great natural scoring talent that does exist on the team. And I think that the, the main takeaway I have from this is that, you know, before the Jets were actually pretty good to start the season. Over the past couple of weeks, it's not like they've gotten super, super terrible, but you're starting to see more and more um, old Jets creep back into their game, especially with the lineup adjustments. Maurice broke up Connor, Dubois, and Svechnikov, but he also split apart some of the bottom lines. Uh, Lowry, Shifley, and Wheeler together. I wasn't a super huge fan of this unit, but with limited ice time, it actually worked out pretty well, at least in just creating um, offensive zone pressure, getting some chances in the slot. I think the only thing that it really lacked was maybe some fortune and some elite finishing ability. I I like Lowry a lot, but let's be honest. He's not exactly the kind of complimentary winger you would expect to be pairing with Shifley or Wheeler. Adams is a great shutdown forward at times, um, especially earlier in his career. But, you know, if they're asking him to be a more physical forechecking presence, he can definitely do that. You're just going to sacrifice some of the scoring ability of that line. And so I wasn't hugely a fan of that combo, but it got the job done. And what it also allowed was for the other lines to see even better balance. 
You know, you had Veselainen playing um, sometimes on the on the third line, sometimes on the fourth. But he was getting a few extra shifts. Same with uh, Zvechnikov, and I just felt like the top nine was a lot more balanced. What we see now with this team, with Wheeler getting back into the rotation as a top line forward, it's just going to kill Winnipeg. And I, I feel like the Jets are getting away from the stuff that worked because they want to shoehorn their specific vision for how this team should be, and I don't really understand it. I get that there is a feeling that you have to have certain ice times and allotments for your top players, and I get that it's especially true when you're dealing with teams and, and players who are considered leaders on that squad, and I get it. Look, from a human perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. You might actually say it's it's fair in many respects, but when you're talking about on-ice performance and how this team is and what was working before and why it needed to stay that way in order to keep working, I'm just baffled by the reversion to bad habits, and it's especially frustrating when the power play and penalty kill are both crap right now. The power play isn't scoring at all, the penalty kill is not saving as many opportunities as it needs to, Hellebuck is trying to do as much as he can, his PK save percentage has definitely rebounded a bit, but it's you know still a bit rough around the edges. The PK hasn't exactly gotten better. I think it's just Helly is making a few extra saves. The power play suddenly stopping scoring is a huge problem, and it's not like they've been great. It, you know, they're not generating as many opportunities to my eye as they have been in the past, and it's not as dangerous. Um, and in this game, you know, the Jets didn't get that many power play looks, but overall the special teams are just very toothless, and it's it's very frustrating. You see this very talented Jets lineup, and then you see weird stuff like uh, Riley Nash on the power play. You see alignments and shifts that don't really make sense. Um, players need to swap roles and positions to actually be more effective. It's always a case of the Jets trying to force a system or a way of playing on the players rather than fitting uh, the system around the players itself. Instead of asking the team to do things it's not really equipped to, maybe build something around the team instead. And I think that's one of the critical issues that still haunts the Jets. When the Jets were at their best, they sort of understood what strengths the uh, the new lineup had. You know, a lot of speed on the counter, some really good ability to short shift and create waves of offensive pressure with, you know, four checking lines. And then you brought on really skilled units, but you also had a lot of balance throughout the lineup. That created matchup issues for opponents. And I think the Jets still have the ability to really win those matchups if they actually deploy the lines the way they should. When you make it so top-heavy, you kind of run into the McDavid and Oilers problem where, sure, the first two Oilers lines are unbelievably good, like literally video game broken. But then you get to the third and fourth lines, and suddenly the lack of scoring depth and the, the ability to concede so many opportunities starts to become a real issue. The Jets aren't even that top-heavy anymore because it's not like Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor together are actually producing. They're just not. You know, and historically they get terribly outscored. And sure, they might have had a few points in this game, they scored a couple of goals, but when you look at the long-run trend, they just tend to get shelled. And make no mistake, those are some of your top 5v5 point producers and uh, your, your play generators. So if those guys are struggling, the rest of the team is going to have a real uphill battle. That's what we saw against Calgary, but you know, thanks to Kyle Connor having an unbelievable shot, they did sort of luck their way through it. I wasn't really convinced that they would be able to do that again against the Arizona Coyotes, not because the Yotes are good. The Yotes are terrible, just a few steps removed from like an ECHL team, but I just felt like if if the Yotes get even a sniff against this line and they actually win those matchups, the Jets are going to have a rough night. We'll talk about what transpired in this game in just a moment. Before I go any further though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why DirecTV is one of the best streaming packages you can find for all of your TV needs. 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, now moving on to talking about Arizona versus Winnipeg, which just wrapped up a couple of minutes ago. And yeah, I think a lot of you are probably kind of pissed. As a Jets fan, I I don't even know where I stand on this team half the time. With Winnipeg, I think I've gotten to the stage where I just don't care most days. As much as I enjoy watching some of the players and stuff, my own attachment to the team over the years has deteriorated because... They're just not giving us anything to actually be excited about. You know, despite a major offseason of change, we're still stuck with the same decisions and weird coaching staff options that makes a lot of the progress very hard to actually discern. You know, the Jets will do some things well, uh, certainly better than previous years, and in some ways you could even say that the Jets right now aren't as bad as they look, and yet some of the decisions that still handicap them continue to be the same problems we've had for the you know the worst years of the last couple of seasons and tonight's game just sort of felt like the you know the, the kettle boiling over a bit Winnipeg gets shut out one nothing after out shooting uh, Arizona like 46 to 15 or something like that did the Jets deserve to score a couple of goals yeah probably I think they were um, up at like three almost four expected goals in this game but here's the problem A lot of the shots that they took weren't super dangerous, and even on the good chances that they created, it wasn't like um, Vimelka, who was in net tonight, was really troubled. I I don't think that he had as much trouble dealing with some of the the net front or low slot stuff as I would have liked. There were some good chances that he had to make um, really great saves on, and I think his overall performance was stupendous, but there were also decisions where I felt like the Jets settled for point shots and some stuff that's just not really all that dangerous, which gave Emelka a lot of uh, a lot of time to make the save. And while I do think the, the underlying stats for this game actually paint a pretty accurate portrayal, I think that there are some things with this game that, you know, as much as the Jets deserve to win, I also feel like they didn't deserve to win, if that makes sense. The power play was pathetically poor, which has been a recent trend. The penalty kill was whatever. I mean, it, it did the job, right? Uh, but at even strength, the goal-scoring drought, it wasn't like it felt as if the Jets were that close to breaking through. There were a couple of times when I thought, oh, you know, this cycle looks really good. A couple of really good shot attempts, some great stuff uh, on the doorstep that Kyle Connor almost connected on. But for some reason, I just didn't feel like the Jets were actually going to tie and win. So it's one of those odd games. I I think the Jets played well enough to win and yet didn't deserve to win, if that makes sense. I don't know why this is the feeling, but the Jets have had games like this in the past. And, you know, they've been on the uh, the other end of these games where 
they were absolutely poor and thanks to Connor Hellebuck stole a win. This game was basically Arizona playing like it was on the penalty kill for all three periods, not even just a couple of uh, penalty kills here and there. It was like even strength was 4v5 for them. So, you know, for the Jets not to score a single goal, that's embarrassing. I, I don't care what the excuses are. I, I get puck luck. Um, you know, fatigue, you could say, maybe. But this is pretty early in the season. The Jets, I think, have been pretty healthy for the most part. They have the, the lineup to rotate a lot of guys and rest players if they need to. So if they're actually tired, then why are they being pushed so hard, especially guys like Wheeler, who are struggling to keep up. What is the reasoning for that? If they're if they're tired, then give them a break. You have other players and talent that you can rely on. Just watching Zvechnikov tonight, he was absolutely brilliant at times, and I felt like he deserved a lot more shifts than he got. And yet, you know, we're seeing players like him getting pushed down further in the lineup. The other night, he got demoted to what, like the third or fourth line? And so I'm just left scratching my head a bit because I feel like the Jets are, are playing okay hockey, right? Against the Yotes, they, they dominated, they had possession, they created tons of chances, there were some good cross-seam passes here and there, but it never felt like they were in, in danger of, of really winning this game. They were just there and doing, I guess, what you would call going through the motions, but it didn't feel like the kind of game where the Jets had that end-to-end -end rush counter speed, the, the pressure to really overwhelm Arizona. A lot of the shots and stuff the Jets took... Arizona was able to block or force to difficult angles where Vimelka had a better chance of making saves. It wasn't like some of the other games where the Jets completely dominated like the, the Blues game. It didn't feel like that one as much. And so I'm just uh, I'm just a bit frustrated. I think this is the kind of game that should get a coach fired, even though it really shouldn't. If that makes sense, it's more like a continuing pattern. But the reason I say the coaching staff needs the change is because when you have a situation like this where the team is playing well but still needs that extra push, there are ways that you can try and boost it. If the Jets were doing every single thing possible to win the game that actually had an improvement on the team, I would understand. I would accept that. If they were just purely unlucky, I would get it. But that's not the case with this team. They're actually underperforming in a lot of areas, and it's not just a bit of a shooting slump. There's some other stuff there that I think is structural and systemic that's going to continue to be a problem if they don't try and fix it. But the people in charge of fixing it are the ones creating these problems to begin with. So I think Winnipeg's kind of stuck, um, and I'm just I'm kind of at a loss with this team. I think Winnipeg came into the season looking bright. I thought that there was a chance for them to really start to build towards being a true playoff contender, but. The stuff that they're doing right now, it's its not necessarily the worst hockey I've ever seen, but with how this team should be and where the expectations are and what they're actually giving us, I'm just not really sold on it. I think that there's a lot of room for improvement, and unless the Jets are willing to make a change, things aren't going to improve anytime soon. I'll talk about what I think this means for the rest of the season in just a moment. We're about 20 games in, so I think that there's at least some early observations we can take. But before we go any further, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Built.com's amazing Cyber Monday deals and why you should be in on them right now. Folks, it's finally here. The best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. Enjoy even tastier discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. Better yet, a brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed in time for Cyber Monday. Welcome Caramel Almond Delight. Caramelized chocolate? Check. Almonds? Check. Delightful? Double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. Looking for something else? Maybe you're looking for white chocolate. 
For a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor, white chocolate cheesecake. The yummiest protein treat filled with a marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. It clocks in at 140 calories and 17 grams of protein, so you can enjoy all of the deliciousness with none of the guilt. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Log on to Built.com right now for these incredible tasting new bars and get 20% off everything. At checkout, be sure to enter promo code LOCK20 before it's too late. Place your order right now and be sure to use promo code LOCKED20. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, and so much more. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. To get started, register for a free account at betonline.ag. And again, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Start winning with betonline.ag today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are wrapping up some thoughts from Winnipeg's one nothing shutout loss to the Arizona Coyotes, and ultimately, I just wanted to reflect a little bit on where I see the season going. You know, earlier, a um, couple of weeks ago, I was very optimistic about the Jets. I thought that the, the upward trajectory and stuff was a good sign, and now Winnipeg is in something of a shooting slump, but it's not just that. There are, you know, changes that the Jets have made, that for me, I think are actually putting the team at a disadvantage. You know, if you're playing Wheeler a lot more, you're already taking away ice time from other players who could probably do that job and maybe improve upon it with a little bit more scoring punch. Blake is really trying out there. I mean, he's giving his all every shift, but he just can't keep up. Even for the most diehard fans, I think they've started to accept that Blake just can't do the same stuff, and yet the coaching staff seems to be the only group that's not really on the same page. So until they change that, I think this team is still going to struggle. At even strength, it's not like the Jets have been pathetic, but that Connor Shifley-Wheeler unit, again, getting top-line billing in time, it's going to take away from the rest of what makes the Jets a a real playoff contender. And I think the balance that we so need with this team, it's just gone away. You know, the defense hasn't really been as great as it should be. Pionk this year is kind of having a, a bit of a mare of a season. He's sort of reverting back to some of his Rangers tendencies. I don't know if it's just him or if it's also playing with Brendan Dillon, who I don't think he really gets along with in terms of chemistry. But then, you know, you also look at Nikolai Ehlers. Nick's not right. He hasn't been right for the past month or two. He looks injured. He's slower. Uh, His release and passing and stuff, it's just all very off for him, which is unusual. And it's not like these are plays that I think it's a mental thing. I think he's physically unable to do stuff. His rotation and and range of motion just looks not quite on, on par with what we're used to. So he's definitely not right. And when Ehlers is not right the rest of the offense tends to fall apart. That would mean that, you know, you want more out of Shifley and Wheeler, but Shifley is the only one who's really capable of elevating his game to actually contribute a ton, and even he's not really all that engaged right now. I feel like we're seeing the ghosting again with him, which is very frustrating. Uh, Of all the players that actually have improved, Kyle Connor is the one who's, like, really trying to drive the bus, and if you told me that a couple of weeks ago or even a couple of seasons ago, I would have my mind blown. I wouldn't imagine him to finally start taking the forward steps to that next level. Does he still miss him back checks? Yeah, I mean, that's always going to be part of his game. He does cheat for offense, but 
in general, the rest of his even strength game has definitely improved a lot. With the Jets, though, it's just it's not enough, and I think they really need more from some of the bottom lines with rebalanced ice times and promoting some of the guys who I think have actually made really positive contributions when they're on the ice. Moreover, I think the Jets also need to give the roster a bit of a boost. Bring up Cole Perfetti. He's torching it at the AHL level. He's ready to contribute now, and we've seen it in preseason. He was dancing around opponents who have been in the NHL for years. I don't understand why they're so hesitant to bring up somebody who can actually be a real asset. This team is not getting younger. They don't have a lot of time left to be a real competitor, especially with this core. If they want to win, this season is kind of it. They've put all the all the chips on the table. They've cashed everything in. They need to reap the benefits. If you have to burn a year of Cole's ELC, do it. This team needs his, uh, you know, his passing and scoring support, especially on that power play. He could fix so many different parts of this team if they just brought him on and gave him a chance. But we all know what this coaching staff and, and team is likely to do, so I'm not even going to waste my breath anymore. I think you all know my thoughts on this. The Jets are kind of heading towards, like, above 500 territory, but not enough to really be that much of a threat, especially in a deep postseason. I think the Jets are going to make it a round or two if they don't make changes, but beyond that, you know, Winnipeg's kind of on the course of what we've seen with them in previous years. They might be able to drive play better, but if they still have fundamental issues with the penalty kill, the power play, and some of the even strength scoring, it's going to be difficult. I think at least one of those things is going to be resolved, and that's mostly at 5v5, but the, the special team stuff, that's a concern. Uh, the penalty kill is obviously a huge issue, and I don't know. You know, if Wheeler keeps playing a ton, if some of the other guys like Svechnikov and Veselainen don't get any extra time, and we continue to see players who are maybe getting a little bit too much time over some of the other lines that really deserve more i just think the jets aren't really going to be any better than where they were a few years ago on paper and certainly in certain statistical departments yeah they are much better but you know those relative gains are are not going to be enough to get this team over the hump if they keep doing some of the main things that have caused them grief in the past i'd love to hear your thoughts on how the jets are performing be sure to let me know at your living loco and at lo underscore winnipeg jets be sure to tell me what changes you would make if you were the gm or coach for tonight's podcast though that is going to do it Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so follow and subscribe today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!